currency who's older than I'm pretty sure currency's older than you or yeah or, yeah cur- currency's older than us and Cur- so but currency cur- might be early 40s now let's find out podcast and 101 go ahead though if I had to guess currency's probably like 39 I think that's a good guess currency is 40 he turned 40 on April 4th man happy 40th oh Christmas. shit jet life I listened to his new album though his new album's um it's a currency album it, like I mean with if you fuck with currency sunroof. yeah yeah Mercedes Gunproof yeah like so like cause so yeah like the point I'm even for that song like I actually I wish that song was longer but guess how many has, studio like, albums he has not to cut you off he has I was too wondering many He's he, he only has 10. Many. I thought he had at least 15. He only has 10. That that tapes, n- Okay, so I mean, we're I don't know if we even need an intro. We can just actually just keep going in, but, in 25 EPs. Yeah, then but we'll that's the thing. Currency. Yeah, it's fine. In in 2021, what is an album? Everything's like no one buys physical anything anymore. Nope. Even buying music from iTunes like no one really does that anymore everything's streaming so if everyone's streaming original music you know what's the difference between a mixtape and the album like you can't do mixtapes with with unoriginal music anymore no like you'll get sued so <laughs> so it's kind of, so it's like i mean there's like you know i think honestly i think a mixtape now should really just be like DJs who put together random songs and they put out their their shit or whatever on live mixtapes or on whatever mixtape platform. Right. But there's no purpose of like there's no purpose of currency. Unless I mean I guess unless you get the samples clear, like there's no purpose of currency like just making a project and calling it a mixtape anymore. Like that just doesn't really compute anymore. I don't know. Like he has like twenty five EPs, which yeah, is insane. Yeah, and they're like four songs, five songs, right? And so, and that's the thing. Like, currency continually records so much. Like, he's pop. It's, he's pop I mean, like when it comes to recording, at least. And Wayne like. Yeah, it's kind of like, I like I don't know. Not to say he's a bad rapper or he doesn't have fans right. i don't personally i don't personally know like super currency fans but i remember downloading i remember i used to download his mixtapes but i didn't i i I wouldn't get to them because i was just listening to other stuff but then i kept noticing he kept putting out more projects. music right so it's kind of like where do you start like if i'm if i'm like a person even trying to get into currency in 2021 like i don't like it's i think my i think the first project i listened to currency um all the way through it may have, it, it was one of the uh jet lights i think it was like uh um, oh yeah like i was just looking at jet oh, jet life one and jet life two was like the first albums he put out because they came out with dame dash he was running around the rockefeller chain Everybody's like, yo, why you got Rockefeller chain? He's like, oh, Dame gave it to me. And then him and Dame immediately got in a fight after the second album dropped. <laughs> and they never worked that's together very, again. That's very on brand for Dame Dash. Oh, my God. That, yeah. That we all know. But it's, I think it was maybe like, do you remember the, he had a, uh, 
I guess it was mixtape. I I definitely listened to Stone Immaculate, but Stone Immaculate was like the second one I think I listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was his album cover. It was all green. It was obviously like weed and like Jesse. Oh yeah, shit. That, I was just on there. That was um, Power Talk One. That, yeah, that was his talk, third yeah. album, but it was that was the one that had the green on it. And then I think Pilot Talk Two is orange. No, it was like this pink yellowish thing, something was, like that. But that's the thing; like we shouldn't, like we shouldn't have to kind of pick our brain to what you know the the third or fourth currency album was. Like if you ask me, like what's Drake's third album? Like it's uh, t- uh nothing was the same. Like right, nothing was the same. Like, you almost messed it up. About but you that. Got it. Take care was the second one, and so even so on Spotify they just have Pilot Talk trilogy, and so it's like three, <laughs> and so it's like three. Oh my god, it's like three mixtapes, forty-one songs rolled into one playlist. Wow! And it's like I can't tell someone to start at a forty-one project thing that recorded over a long period of time. Right. I love the. I love the Freddie album he did with um, Alchemist and Freddie Gibbs. Like, shout Freddy out was... to Freddie. I'm 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 up on game now. Shout out to Freddie. What um what Freddie what Freddie have you listened to? And what Freddie do you like? Um, I've listened to both Alchemist albums. Um, okay. and then um, Hold on, what's not the Alchemist. Al- I'm sorry, sorry. Listen to both of the um, Mad Lib Mad Lib's albums, and then I listened to the Alchemist album. So those are the three Freddies that I'm familiar with now. Okay. Um, I would say, well, so out of the three, what's your favorite one? My favorite is Bandana. Okay. Bandana is my, is my answer. Good answer. Even though that Mac Miller verse on, on, uh, on Pinata hits different every time I listen to it. Did you see he dropped the, uh, Freddie dropped the, um, Bonus, well, whatever they call it, deluxe, deluxe pinata. Now, did you see that? Uh, no, I did not. All right, all right, good, good. Don't look at it yet. Don't look at it yet, because I all looked right. at it the other day, and I was like, oh man, I'm gonna check this out. There must be some unreleased stuff. So, pinata deluxe edition, 2021. It has Marcus. Now, some of these are instrumentals, and some are there's a lot of remixes. It has 81 songs on it. Wow. Mm-hmm. 81 songs, three hours, 15 minutes. Yes. Yep. So he just 80. put every remix on this bitch. Yes, he did. He's like, give me my streams. Give me I my mean, streams. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like this. Like, so I. God damn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So how. So there's more. There's new. There's new like regular verses on this, right? Because there's like a lot of just there's just a lot to this man. There's a fucking lot to this guy. Yeah, that there is. Like I was going to add it to my playlist, but I was like, I can't do 81 songs of instrumentals remixes. Like I'll crash the car trying to skip stuff, and I don't got time for that. Because there's more. So basically, the original pinata is 17 songs, right? But there's more than just 17 like non-instrumental songs on here. So I guess he put more, I guess he tacked on just sort of more shit that um that he had laying around. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with and that's the kind of thing with the streaming era. It's like everyone's just putting the shit up just to get the streams up. And it's like, I mean, that's that's kind of the nature of the beast, what it is now. Shout out to Weekend who put up 
he cleared all the samples for the OG House of, House Balloons. of Balloons. Yeah, I'm going to. That's in my playlist. I'm going to be uh, listening to that again for the first time in oh ten years, God. literally. I, I I love that mixtape. I know so you much. did. Yeah, you, man. You you rode real hard for the weekend, man. And I was always kind of like, you know, he's he's fine. <laughs> I mean, I am. I'm really big on the theatrical. Of like theatrics, uh, the drama, the the Molly use, the models and the cocaine. Like I'm the Molly I use. Just, I mean, that shit is like, like um, it's it's, it's so funny because it's like when I first listened to Weekend's album, uh, well mixtape back then. I guess it was it was technically a mixtape because he wasn't selling it um, right. until he did the trilogy. But when I listened to House of Balloons and Thursday, you know, even House of Balloons, just like the audacity of this guy just like not giving a fuck about talking about doing cocaine and doing all these wild ass jugs like like it, it just blew my mind of how what a time, kinda, man. yeah yeah man that was like my last year i was on last year college i graduated in 11 and came out in 11 so i was listening to that like while I was transitioning and then i still lived in morgantown uh obviously after that but like 2011 2012 was still fun because i was living with an old roommate who was still in school but it was still a buffer of when i had like real responsibility so <laughs> like that whole like that whole like 2011 2012 was still mad fun and i like i listened to thursday in 2012 probably more than any other project like see i was hung up on um ultra nostalgia nostalgia that's what i was listening it's, to was the frank yeah, i was I was late on Nostalgia Ultra. I was I didn't listen to Nostalgia Ultra until um, Nostalgia Ultra. About... I sound like a dumbass. Go ahead. <laughs> Ultra Nostalgia. I, that Ocean Frank. I listened to it until about 2013, I believe. So I was like late, but Oh, um, yeah, you were real late. Yeah. Um, that that's okay though. Um, because it's funny. I mean, we've we've went down this road so many times, and then we we will talk about it a little bit more, and then we're going to launch into the actual show. But um, not that the show's not already started, but we've talked about how the vlog era there was just so much music being out there that when even though we're all going to the same sources to get our music, we could come away, each come away with five different things and other person, but then still have five things that matches match the other people that they they downloaded from there too. So th that's just how things work back then, man. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Malachi. And this is Alejandra. And you're sitting on the couch and your life is passing you by because you're not watching Insert Name Here. Catch us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you missed us, you can catch us on Friday on Spotify and Amazon. Yeah, obvious nonsense, gang, gang. High Fit Podcast Squad, you never take us down. Yeah, man. <sighs> that was that was a time like that <laughs> obviously we're going to get into um watch the throne which i think that album really signified and that was another album that i was listening to like on my way out of college um i was in new york city when watch the throne dropped Ooh. so yeah so Ooh. everywhere was like everywhere was buzzing i still remember when I heard, you know, the album. I was, I remember exactly spot I was in New York City when I was to the album. I was with my homegirl, uh, Cindy, 
with her niece and um her niece Cassie and her mom Rosa RIP I love you um we were listening to that jump when it dropped man like that shit was it was like a bomb yo like that mm. shit was so crazy when it came out yeah yeah I mean we're we're gonna get into all that about both albums so um yeah but before we get into the episode proper though um I didn't know if you want to do this now or if you want to do it later, I kind of had my chance to speak about everything that happened with DMX this past week, uh, two episodes ago. So I didn't know if you had any thoughts you wanted to share about DMX before we get into the, into the Jay-Z portion of the show. So for me, I wrote about it. I don't think I'm going to post it. I wrote about it like privately, but I don't know if I'm actually going to post it or not, but for me, DMX, I see a lot of people have said this about him before, but I just got to reiterate, like, he was a superhero. Like, when I would talk about DMX, I think about when I was in in public school, I was in, you know, when Party Up Drop, and obviously the, the intro, <laughs> like... The intro for eighth graders in America during a pep rally for the DJ to play that song, drop out the suck my dick. But then every eighth grader in the auditorium, eighth grader and seventh graders in the auditorium (laughs) to yell out, suck my dick in, in perfect unison. And they shut down the pep rally because of that one moment. I, I will literally never no. forget that moment. X ruined your like, pep rally. Nah, he said that bitch off, bro. He said that bitch off. Cause it was like, what do you like? Cause I remember vividly it was coming up and I was like, I know they're not gonna play it, but I know everyone's gonna say it. And then and your man's been in jail before, they dropped the beat. It was like it was like call and response. <laughs> <laughs> it was call and response. They set it up in the <laughs> Oh man, that shit was so cold. Yeah, bro. the party like, up video was him being a black superhero the whole the whole uh video, it, man. It absolutely was, man. Like I used to tell I used to tell people DMX was the hardest nigga in the universe, and that was like no cap. Like that shit no was all facts, man. Like it's just this. The thing about what made that era so special, transitioning away from the the shiny suit era, the jiggy era, and I think, I think in a lot of ways we kind of knew it was bullshit. Like even even seeing like the puppy videos and the platinum and you know the the flashy shit, like we kind of saw it as things to obtain, but it was so glamorous that it could only be in a rap video. Right. And for and for DMX, the locks, Eve, and Dragon to to come with this like super realness, like everything felt authentic. Like there's not a single Styles P bar that I have never not believed him. Like of all the rappers so that we want to talk about that live their raps, DMX and Styles P like they have to be in the top five of that. Oh yeah. And and I still remember Cash Money Rough Rider tour going to that in DC at the Horizon oh, Center back you then. You suck. Like, you suck. 
and so it's kind of like and and i'm i've always been a locks guy like especially think about this the locks had an album called we are the street the first rap song on we are the street is called fuck you fuck you no <sighs> other rap group can do that and get away and then dmx was the center to that dmx was the son to that yes when i still like the first time i watched the get at me dog video it blew my fucking mind of how grimy it was like how gutter it was and the Same. subsequent hits after that uh the first time i listened to the first time i heard dmx was on the money power respect and it's kind of like yo this four hours to live was the first time i heard x like that's a great song like that's yeah. an absolute yeah. great song and it, it's kind of like this dude from new york like it's it's obviously he reps like yonkers whatever but it's kind of like he he's the hardest person any hood you ever met and but the thing is like he's so authentic that you're intimidated by him but there's this attractiveness that you have to him and then you saw him outside of the music be extremely personal with people and giving. And I, I still remember backstage, the backstage concert movie where the little kid was backstage and he he held up like this, this silver race car and he looks in the camera and he's like, guess who gave this to me, DMX? And he signed it. And I was like, bro, what you robbing niggas? Why are you this sweet? I love it. Like, <laughs> it was so, bro, like, and the idea of him on stage spinning these hard ass songs and then ending, you know, with the prayer and then him breaking down like every night. Every like, single night. Like there was just something about DMX that he gave so much to the public and to people. And in a lot of ways, like we never reciprocated it. And I'm not, you know, talking about, I'm not going to disparage the people in his family, his friends, whatever, but it's, it's just one of those things to where the lesson really is one, we don't want to disparage people that have addiction problems. Like they're human beings just like us and they need help just like us, maybe even more. And he was a person that had a traumatic childhood, a traumatic childhood. Yeah. And even the way he turned out, he was still such a giving person that granted there's a lot of his music that's hyper-violent and homophobic. He does have homophobic bars or whatever. And I'm not dismissing that. At the same time, when you were around him and you saw what his light was, the music was really a shell because he was just responding to his, his terrible environment. Like if he hadn't had that childhood, you can imagine him just being like a teacher or a mentor or someone that just wow. con- like that did like public service in some kind of way. Like the world, when he was a kid, it tried to break him. And even though he kind of lost his battle with addiction, he did a lot to, to try to not let that happen. And he gave a lot to a lot of different people. And I think it was really beautiful that a lot of these stories that came out about him surfaced. And I think he was someone that did feel love while he was here. 
Um, obviously, there were some people that made some terrible jokes, you know, about his addiction. For his real fans, I never saw that. So we, no. we knew what it was. We were always rooting for him. You know, the his addiction, um, be very, to be very honest, like he was such a giving person. I knew his behavior was erratic. And I didn't even want to accept that he did drugs. I'm not, I don't want to say what drugs he did on this. If you want, if you're listening, you want to find out, go research. But I, I, I couldn't accept that he did that until he actually said it. And I was so saddened yeah. that he got caught up in that way. But um, I just think he was a person that gave so much. And for me, an eighth grader, you know, always con- like constantly searching for like the thing, you know, you're sponging, you're trying to soak up everything and pop culture and your school and your friends and rap. And he was someone that was authentic. And you always felt like if DMX want to keep it real, like I got to keep it real. Like me and my friends, like, yeah, cash money in DC, no limit in DC. Like they were popping. But we had them rough rider bandanas, bro. Yes. Like, I, like, we are the streets. It's dark and hell is hot. Like, you know, we, I was banging those shits in my room. Bro. I forgot that Um, I started wearing my bandana like DMX wore his in um, Rough Riders Anthem, man, with the with the little flag hanging off the side of it and stuff. Yeah. I had a Raiders bandana, and I used to, I used to wear my bandana specifically because he had the Rough Riders bandana wearing it like yeah. that in the video, man. I, that's crazy. Yeah, man. I and shout out, uh, shout out to my homeboy, one of my, my best friend that I grew up with, Morel. Like me and him, like we were like the biggest DMX fans, and I think he was a bigger DMX fan than I was. And you know, I still remember on the bus rides listening to uh, "Flesh My Flesh, Blood of My Blood," like going like on a school trip. Right. I didn't know fuck about the trip. Listening to CD, man. Like you know, the the album cover. You know, shout out Iconic. to Jonathan Mannion. Shout but, out to Jonathan Mannion. Yeah, man. Like, you know, I, I love rap so much because there's a deep history of music, art, dance, storytelling, you know, everything. And that era in particular for me, you know, that's the era when I like really got into music. That's the era when I was getting CDs on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in 2000, I had my own computer, so I was bootlegging bootlegging music then so i was listening even more music you know the trl and the 106 in park era um it was just all it was just all the time and dmx he was the hottest rapper in the game in a time when rap was people were finally accepting or maybe maybe not even them but rap was really blossoming to be pop culture and so while britney spears and christina aguilera like they were, you know, top on the pop tart charts and played on TRL, you know, Rough Riders, Cash Money, um, Eminem, uh, Snoop, Dre, um, you know, they were just, they were there, like they were the background for that shit too. And, and, and this music in a lot of ways has lasted longer than that music that was number one on TRL. Yes. And, you know, yes, in like, the fucking, um, what's my name video i remember when that shit premiered man like bro yes i was getting ready to bring up your tweet about uh we need a behind uh, oral history of all the cameos in the what's my name video like 
even even the I still remember Jay the first time I saw Jay Z pop up in the video. I was like, home. Like it was just <laughs> oh my god, bro. It was just it's a fucking time. Seconds. It's three seconds. This thing is that's all he does. That's all he and does. And he's out. Bro. He's like, out, man. I still, still remember the making the making of the video for that man. Like back when making the video, making video was, for it. Yeah, yeah. Was, Not crazy. Yeah. yeah, man. So that's the thing. You know, the funny thing last year, I was look. I was trying to buy a Rough Rider hockey jersey from the Rough Riders website, but they wouldn't fucking sell it to me. Why? It so, wasn't working. I guess not, man. I was, and that shit was like hundred. It was that shit was kind of expensive. It was like right. hundred thirty dollars. R- Roughriders.com or whatever site you're on. Please send my man's. My man's in them. A uh, Rough Riders hockey jersey because he was unable to purchase it last year and he's very upset. It's still haunts him to this day, as you can hear. Yeah, man. And so I guess you know the last thing that we'll kind of leave with DMX. You know, like I said before, man. Like DMX, you know, we love you. We'll definitely miss very you. Much. Your spirit of giving will continue that legacy, man. Like we'll we'll continue the legacy of championing people who young men and women who are in, you know, these terrible situations, group homes, you know, public assistance living, you know, these people are humans too. So, you know, if you see someone who's in that kind of mess up situation, man, like don't ignore them, like hear them out, like even be friendly to them. Like if they wave at you, just wave back, man. Like we really need, especially with COVID, like we really need to get back to human interaction, the human relations, so yep. you know, try try as best as possible not to be closed out from that man, and try to be as giving as best as possible. If we all give, man, we'll all receive, man. So, you know, Dark Man X forever. And, and that's your words of wisdom for today. Um, very well said, Marcus. Um, one last thing I want to say about X probably won't be the last thing on this pod, but still, um, he dropped the locks. They had an album come out this past summer. Um, and they had a song with DMX on there. The album was called Living Off Experience. The song was called Bout Shit. They got a video out for it. And I watched that video and like X did what X did. And I was just so excited to see that X was back and, you know, he was making music and he had, there's interviews out there like the Drink Champs interview where he's talking about he, the music he's made. I'm sure in the next year or so, that'll find its way into the airwaves and things like that. But to hear him still be able to do what he loved to do on, on this bout shit track. It just, the, the future was bright. And then it's, it's sad that it closed like this, but definitely love me some X-Men. So yeah, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Cause I, I, I knew that uh you weren't with me when I was talking about it prior to his death. All right, man. So welcome to hyphen nation in case y'all ain't know already. Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast. I am Kellen Conley. That's Marcus Show Mad Love Robinson. Chichia. My semi-regular co-host. And uh, we're here not just to talk about currency and DMX's untimely passing. We're here to talk about anniversaries. Because when there's an anniversary, you know that my ass is going to bring it up. <laughs> so I've realized there's actually four jay-z album anniversaries coming up there is the 25th anniversary of reasonable doubt there is the 20th anniversary of the blueprint the 15th anniversary of kingdom come and the 10th anniversary 
of Watch the Throne. So I said, hey, Marcus, if you have any interest in this, do you want to do these pods? And of course, he, he, uh, he charged me his normal fee, which was nothing. And then uh, here we are. So we're going to go into the first two albums tonight. And then we're going to go into um, Blueprint and Reasonable Doubt on the second part of this podcast in the next episode. But um, I figure I'm going to let the guest choose what we talk about first. I have a feeling I know where he's going to go because I, I kind of want to get it out of the way first. But uh, Marcus, um, your choice. Actually, I would actually rather talk about Thone first okay. because okay. That's gonna, I think that Kingdom Come, it's it's so wishy-washy that mm-hmm. I think talking about the, the candy first I think that may be a bit more lively to kind of to kind of kick things off. I guess we do need to pick things up after your your impressive uh, monologue for DMX there. So that makes sense. So watch the throne, Marcus. You said you were in New York City when you first heard this. Yeah. Do you remember what your first take of this album was? And then I'll follow up with another question after that. So what was your first take of Watch the Throne? First listen. Do you remember? classic classic no question <laughs> i mean that's like i was so i was just so hyped listening to the album and obviously there's a the couple of tracks that leaked um i still remember you know i remember when that's that's my bitch leaked and in the, when the album came on i was like so hyped i was rapping along to it and then a new portion of jay's verse came on i was like oh shit they changed so, it right yeah and so even the production uh that kind of changed a little bit they they kind of mixed it a little bit better but you know i was i remember being thoroughly impressed we definitely listened to it um a couple of times in a row um the the synergy was really just there man um i it sucks because i could have went to watch the throne when they came to dc i was what? in dc but i was I didn't, I guess it's just, I didn't want to go to the concert by myself, which is a, in 2021 is a really terrible excuse to not do anything, but like, and it was like a $130 ticket I, and it wouldn't have been like that good of a seat, but right. I still should, I still should have just went and just fuck it. I, I knew someone who was there, actually I, I was DC, so I probably knew a couple of people there, but um, I should have just, I should have went, man, but you, you should have went. I really should have went back. What was your what was your first impression of the album? So my my story isn't as glamorous as yours. I um I downloaded the album when it came out or, um and threw it on the iPod and I started listening to it on the way um uh to work, which was a shoe department at the time. And then I remember listening to most of it um throughout throughout that evening because it was one of the nights where we were kind of dead. And so I was listening to most of it that that night. And so other than Countdown being, being extremely frustrating for me at that time, um, I, I absolutely loved the album too. I was, I was blown away. I, I'd never seen a collaboration between the artists as big pulled off as well. And to this day, I still have not. Um, it felt like in this era, and I, I doubt either one of them will uh, – would say otherwise they truly were friends who were pushing each other to be the best that they could be musically and Kanye was pushing Jay Jay was pushing Kanye they had plenty of fights about stuff I'm sure but 
it really just felt like it was two friends who finally sat down after years and years to make a dope ass album and they they accomplished it and they had they spoke on so much shit on this album marcus there's things that i didn't even pick up on until i was just older you know and it's it's not it wasn't that i was no, I was naive. It's not not that I I just it just completely went over my head, and it's not like they intentionally did that. But it's funny that they had stuff for our demographic at the time, which was the that was ten years ago. So it was like the late twenties. Had stuff for the the younger demographic uh, to bring them in because uh, they were already there for Yay, and then Jay Z was getting new fans off of that, and then. Even now, when you're looking at our demographic, which is 30 plus, there's still stuff there for us. So it's it's amazing, like you said, the synergy and the chemistry that was used to create this vessel that is Watch the Throne. I think the context of the album is what makes it so great. And I knew you were saying that there's something you didn't catch on. Like, like if you don't have kind of a context for the time period, like when Kanye dissed Wiz Khalifa, like... You, you would have missed that. <laughs> I saw um, that live, man. I was at work and I was like, yo, Kanye's dissing Wiz because he said KK in the tweets. Yo, he's going nuts. Hilarious. Yeah. And even even when Jay-Z dissing Baby on um, Hard as a Motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so like those kind of like the, the context of that, plus, you know, sort of with kind of everything that was kind of going on, like the idea of luxury rap and them kind of bringing that and even sonically listening to the album now like you know they were they were completely planning on making this stadium status like they were really planning on blowing this album out um and then during the concerts they were playing niggas in paris like five six seven times because they're shooting video footage for their fucking video (laughs) But they're still getting people turned up for it. So it's the, the time period of this album really makes it so crazy. Like I I vividly had flashbacks of I was bumping this album in my Acura in 2011. Like I used to murder fucking um who gonna stop me, man. I used to play that shit so fucking hard. Bro, that 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 turned into last summer's mowing anthem for me because I after a many year ban, well not many years, but I I, I wasn't listening to Kanye. And then finally when I, I was like, all right, I, I want to go back and listen to some old stuff. And I I was actually going through his discography and it was time for Watch the Throne. And it just so happened that I was listening to it when I was mowing and who gonna stop me was just literally on loop and even the other night i was mowing again and i played who gonna stop me it was just last night and that song to this day it's it it's immaculate it's immaculate what they did on that track yeah like the and even the time period of like what electronic and dubstep was becoming but then hearing jay-z rap over this awkward beat and then him doing the awkward flow over it where it's he's really trying to finesse himself and nuzzle himself into the production and playing that and especially a car with a good bass system like it used to just be thunder man Uh, it used to be great yes yeah there was definitely nothing like that song and there's plenty more to talk about but my next question is i remember 
when the first I don't know I feel like it was a leak it could have been a single I don't think it was a single do you remember when ham dropped and oh no that was a single yeah yeah right and it came out way before Otis or anything else so this is the first taste that anybody got of watch the throne um do you remember your reaction to ham because everybody trashed ham online um people were people i know for sure people trashed the outro because it's like uh there's literally just a a two and a half minute just outro and so i remember that um i remember myself though like the outro aside i thought it was i thought it was pretty nuts um i like the tempo of it um just kind of the higher energy of it. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was good. Um, I think listening to it now, um, it's like this entire album, like it really just did transform me back to that era. Like, um, but listening to it now, um, the it's so funny. I I'm I'm used to I'm guess used to it, so I don't have any problem with the outro anymore. But I don't I don't listen to this album very much anymore. Because I'm still doing the Kanye band. Um, this is this is the first Kanye album I've listened to in three years, I guess. I haven't listened to Kanye since I came. I moved to San Antonio. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, this is the first time I listened to Kanye. Um. So my apologies for that, but I appreciate you breaking it for this album, <laughs> Do- doing it for Hove essentially. Um, I, I loved Ham, so I didn't understand what everybody was talking about. Um, and then that beat, the beat was the only part was like maybe like eh, I don't really get that. But the more you listen to it, it just it just grew on me more and more. And it, it really is, it, it's a it's a hard ass beat. I mean, hard as a motherfucker. They they nailed, nailed that down real well. I mean, all these titles make absolute sense on this entire album. But I didn't. I thought people were being yeah. too judgmental, and. I remember the That's My Bitch leak as well coming out because I remember, again, I was a shoe department and I was breaking down shipment and I was listening to That's My Bitch, man. So um, let, let's let talk about the con- contrasting styles of Jay-Z and, her, and uh, Kanye. I know we don't want to talk about Ye too much in this, but I mean, obviously he's, he's here as well. I mean, no, we can. Like, yeah, no, like this is... This is it. Like this, like in one of the questions I was going to ask you, yeah, we'll tease, we'll tease it uh like the the apex of their careers so i definitely want to talk about that but um what were you going to talk about their contrasting style oh well i mean you have kanye who's coming off of his arguably his masterpiece in my beautiful dark twisted fantasy the year before jay's two years removed from blueprint three um kind of recovered his footing after everything that happened with um his comeback album which we're going to talk about in a little bit um I really noticed last night listening to this again, just how Yay was how they how they made their stuff blend because like yeah, you'll have songs like New Day, and obviously they're talking about their future kids. Um, and they're both on the same topic. But Yay was very very fast lane kinda kinda, you know, coming with it and like the the money bitches hoes, flashiness, everything you expect from Kanye at that time. And then Hove was coming in like Warhols, Basquiat's, B. Um, but then I also can do this too, um, and and do and stoop to Ye's level. Um, I I just I just didn't know if you noticed how 
how they blended their styles as, as well as they did throughout the album, like then or now. Even in the moment, and it's still kind of in my mind right now. And this this album is just it's just apparent that Jay Z is a better rapper. And I know obviously uh, people have written for Kanye in the past, um, so I don't know if, if he did a majority writing on the, on his own for this album or someone else was helping him with it. Mm-hmm. But it's just apparent that Jay Z is a better rapper. But the thing is, the way their styles blend in with each other. Even for an album like 444 and for, you know, Run the Jewels or for Pinata or Bandana or, mm-hmm. you know, if you have the producer that can guide the sound, it's like one of those things of, you know, what's what's more important, the production aspect and the vision aspect of the album or the lyrics of the album because Kanye's greatest contribution to this album is not his lyrics. Like his contribution is the energy that he put into it and the production that he guided. And even my, that's my bitch. Like he didn't produce that. That was a Q-tip song. Um, Right. I mean, Welcome to the Jungle is Swiss Beats. Yeah. But and the joy is um, P-Rock. And, but the thing is though, Kanye's still the guiding hand for that. And the idea of being stadium status and the idea of grandiose, like the album cover, the touring, the, the touring merchandise, um, the visuals. The visuals. Um, that's the trailer for the album that you can only find yeah. on Vimeo. <laughs> yeah. And so that's that's Kanye's contribution to it. And so and that's and actually in a, in a lot of ways like that's that may be the best part of it because Kanye is other than a handful of songs when I think he actually does have better verses than Jay on um we get the we get the high energy yay we get the playful yay um we don't get bleached buttholes yay but we see the <laughs> we see bleached buttholes on the peripheral and we gave it a pass cuz he didn't go full bleached buttholes but you know <sighs> it's you know it's kind of like it's and also it's kind of the quotableness of what Kanye was bringing anyway like i like after like mad parties in 2011 2012 like people would tweet sunglasses and that you know, last night was mad real yep. like 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 they were pop this is a pop culture album Jay-Z doesn't do that Jay-Z does not make pop culture music like Jay makes great hip hop music. He makes classic hip hop music, but Kanye is pop. He is pop culture. Yeah. Or he Jay always get, wanted that. Yeah. For Jay to get brung in on that. And then even the verse on, like I said, like who won't stop me, beat the odds, beat the feds. It won't be wise, but against the get like, like him just spitting all over that song and all these different songs in this album. Like, if he is a lesser version of who he is as a rapper, this album could be very, very lacking. Messy. Yeah. yeah. But he he's on a roll on this album. Um, like, he just elevates it. The lyrics himself, he elevates it. So, in your perspective, what do you think is more important from this album? The sonics of it or the, the lyrics? 
lyrics or the energy or what do you think is the most important aspect of this album? I realized quickly uh, once I first heard it that the lyrics were not the most important because I'm used to going into <laughs> a Jay-Z album um, and listening to the lyrics and even even Kanye albums like I knew the production was going to be fire but I was always listening to how to what Kanye would do over his own production. So here, just hearing the sonics and the fact that this motherfucker has its own interlude music um, that plays throughout the album just randomly and kind of breaks yeah. it up, it, it's definitely guided by the sonics the whole way. So like you said, the production wasn't always handled by Ye, but it was always Ye at the end of the day, not to make a rom, who was always had the final say on everything that happened with uh happened with the album musically so it, it's musically mu music clay absolutely finish the bar um every single piece that's on even the the original album if you're not adding in the deluxe version which adds the four songs to it um it it all pieces together even lift off which again i've I, I'm just going to go into it real quick. Liftoff makes me mad because Ye mumbles on his verse. Hope does like six to eight bars. And then Beyonce just murders shit that's, for the whole rest of it. Good. Yeah, we, we, we can admit that song is not that good. I mean, just, if, just take y'all off and let and call Beyonce interlude and, and call it a day. But then everybody said they were biting, biting Drake, I guess, because of Bria's interlude and everything else. But whatever. Uh, it, it just, everything fits perfect. Uh, no church gets you started off and then lift off. It, it, it has the sonics again of like really pushing you forward. And it's like, we're going to take you to moon, take you to stars. And then niggas in Paris happens. And then you're like, Oh, Oh, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for this. Like they, they literally used uh, a quote from a movie and, <laughs> and made this shit pop. Yeah. And then, and then Otis, of course, Otis was like the official, drop that it's like oh shit they got their shit together for anybody who was worried about him uh not sounding how he wanted to sound and then from there on out man even even with that's my bitch which i enjoy i know there's a there's people out there who don't like it it's a straight perfect ride and it's perfect waves and everything from from start to finish man so it's definitely all about the sound uh and the music music beds that these two are rapping on the lyrics matter as far as keeping you interested once um you're past what the beat sounds like but the this is a sound guided album and you're right it definitely has it is pop driven versus it being more hip-hop driven are you ready to finally admit that oceans is a better song than no church in a wild come on i knew you're gonna bring this, this up this space this is space i, to do I this knew song. you were gonna bring this up Plead your case for oceans again, please, because I still don't see it. Like I, I need you to do this for me. I mean, it's everything about oceans. It's 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 fr it's Frank at not. I don't I, I don't think it's peak Frank, but it's very good Frank. Uh, it's Frank coming off of Nostalgia Ultra, and it's that era of Frank, right? And just the and we're talking about lyrical J, like the the vividness of his lyrics um the this the bitingness of his lyrics the way you try to just juxtapose uh, um these different sort of uh swoosh now we're gonna ball the swoosh now it's baller something like that but 
like you can you can see him really trying to weave in the intricacies of his struggle with being rich and being black and being black in america and the history of what being black in america means right and while jay is definitely someone you know this album definitely capitalistic jay um at the same time though oceans is a thoughtful enough song to that i i think for no church in a while if you if you put if you put oceans on this album i'll admit it's probably like sixth or seventh best song but at the same time i still think it's better than no church in a wild um i think no church in a wild is i think it's i think they use it to really build up the album like if you listen to that beat it's 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 subdued it's yeah it's undertoned underplayed but then we are we're it, we eventually get to murdered excellence who won't stop me these big ass beats and so you can make the argument it's a better intro but it's not a better song uh, more uh, better than no no church though man it, it's it's so beautiful like i don't I, the lyrics that hove put on oceans would not have fit this album can we say that no, we can't because if he if he listen to why I mean if, <laughs> uh. even murder to excellence like murder to excellence where it's talking about black and black crime which you know ew. beautiful beautiful but, song beautiful song yeah the song is beautiful but you know, a little too real know. nowadays but it's always been a little too real <sighs> if he, like and actually to be honest like the the lows of this album. Which we only listen to the deluxe. I, I don't listen to just the regular. It's all, it was always the deluxe. Thank you. I would I would say the lows lift off. I think lift off is definitely the, the worst song on this album. Yeah. But I would say lift off, no church in a wild is is kind of mid. You know the funny thing is wow. I love that's I yes, no church in a wild is mid. I love that's my bitch, but the placement on the album, it's I don't bad. think it's good. It's bad. It's not, it's like the place like it that would that's a song that could have either been one of the early songs or just an extra bonus song it should have been a bonus song not good yeah and so the place in that's not good i don't i don't necessarily like made in america it's 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 okay it's It's pretty mid it's very blueprint three ish now why i love you is a is a great way to close out the album. The only I, Mr. Hudson song I've ever liked in my life because I still don't forgive shit. him for Young Forever. That's that trash oh, ass song. Ugh. Oh yeah. But but so this is the last time I want to ask you. No church in the wild or oceans? No church in the wild. Jesus. Jesus. It's the the beat doesn't do it for me, man. I mean Hove is spitting. And Frank is singing, but the beat doesn't do it for me. It's like, no, man, no. Muhammad no. Hovi, my, my, oh, what the fuck is it? He was like, he said Muhammad Hovi. I just was looking at it. <laughs> Muhammad Hovi, my back's against the boat. The black, oh, damn, I forget the Muhammad Hovi, my back against the rope. The black made back. I'm back inside, inside the boat. The boat. Shepherd's Ferry finally gave me some hope. Can't believe they got a nigga to vote. Democrat, nope, so dope. 
in trouble waters. I had to learn how to float on the ocean. I'm in heaven. Yachting. Ocean Eleven. Ocean Eleven. Ocean Eleven just smells a little iffy, but. Yachting. Ocean Eleven. I just just like him with the, I guess, the long and short of it, man. I will say, though, that um, the the beat for Holy Grail, which was also which Hope also recorded a- around this time and Yay fought him over this record just like he did Oceans. Um, now, the beat for Holy Grail, I think, is better than both the Oceans beat and the No Church beat. But I don't. I haven't listened to that song, but isn't his, his verse kind of mid in that song? On Magna Carta? Yeah, yeah. The the verse is definitely mid, but I, I was just saying yeah. the, the Justin's hook works, and then I feel like... Um, Hope kind of dropped the ball in his lyrics, but I think the beat is really, is really dope and would have fit well into Watch the Throne. I think it would fit better than both Oceans and Church in the Wild. Blue told me, you run y'all niggas. You <laughs> shit all that nigga. Like, bro, your your two year old did not tell you to tell people that you're this shit, bro. Like, it's it's okay, Jay Z. <laughs> like, it's it's okay, sir. Oh, man. Uh, it's also a hard pivot to come off of a. New Day when they're talking about their unborn children at that time and then go writing them, that's my bitch. So... And then, so, you know, also calling women bitches. Like, especially he's a married man. So yes. Kinda, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so much. Um, can can we talk about the um, the four tracks on the... Or besides Ham, can we talk about the three other tracks on the deluxe version? Prime Time, Baskin and the Lime, Cash is in the Prime, Cut out of the line because they don't want nobody to color out of the line. Some ladies a motherfucker color people time. Like, yeah. Like Round time. Um Illis motherfucker alive. Like, my God. My God. Like I literally was I was going to work this morning and I was running through Westover and I was just gunning it. And that shit was on full blast show. And I was like, Illis motherfucker alive. Pulling in, yeah. <laughs> Russell yeah, Brand, man. Russell, Russell Crowe. <laughs> like the funny, like the Joy definitely should have made the regular version. Like if it hadn't been a Good Friday record, I think it would have. I mean, the I would of the four to make the regular album. Like I, in all honesty, like you take off Made in America, you put the Joy in its place, and you end on Why I Love You. <sighs> like that's a dismount. Yeah. That's a dismount, sir. If you replace. I, I think, I think you have to put. I do get the idea of why you would put a song between New Day and Welcome to the Jungle. I get it because the 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 energy pivot is so strong. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think you can, if you want to put something there, you maybe can fit Prime Time there. Yeah. Either either Prime Time or this motherfucker alive, maybe, but. You yep. you take you take New Day off. You make that. I'm sorry. You take um. That's my oh shit. <laughs> you take that's my bitch off. You make that a bonus track. You swap that with Prime Time. You take Made in America off. That's just a song that doesn't make anything. And you right. put the joy there. And the the standard version is way better. You feel about Made in America the way I feel about Oceans. It sounds like. Uh well. I guess, well, I guess we kind of come to the conclusion that Frank with Jay is one for three. 
<laughs> my one is oceans and your one is um uh, no church in a while so yeah yeah yeah, I, I can agree to that. Um, can you imagine the who gonna stop me into illest motherfucker alive though? If they had done that, um, that that's a hell of. I mean, it's a it's the the BPMs and the mood don't fit. But if they could have pulled that off, like and smacked those into each other somehow, like my god, that would have caused somebody to have help heart palpitations for they got the murdered excellence, man. I think if you have. Welcome to the jungle. You said illest motherfucker alive, right? Yeah. Welcome to the jungle, illest motherfucker. If you have even on their set list that they perform, Welcome to the Jungle, illest motherfucker alive. Who wants to stop me? Murdered excellence, the joy, and why I love you. If they have that on the standard version of this album, that's probably top three J album, and probably second best well third best Kanye album what's your number one Kanye album oh it's still dropout I haven't listened to dropout like I said in in four years it's still dropout for me damn um actually let's let's get into that right now like let's let's do it let's do it one one of the things I wanted to talk about and think about is you know we we listen to Bill Simmons occasionally one of the best things that he gave us was the idea of Apex Mountain. Yes. And I was wondering the Apex, I was thinking about the Apex Mountain of Jay and Kanye in relation to this album. For me, yeah, I I, I still take Dropout. I take Dropout, I take Beautiful Doctors of Fantasy as two, my number three. Now because I haven't listened to Kanye in a long time, that can be up for discussion. But if you, my argument for it is Apex Mountain for Kanye and not Jay, if you look at everything surrounding Kanye at this time, coming mm-hmm. coming off of Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which that album was pop culture. Like that album brought him all the way the fuck back. It's a living piece of pop culture to this day. It is. It is. And then with Throne, not only the Throne, but then the Yeezy 2 Nike. And (laughs) you talked about you talked about the teaser video. I vividly remember pausing the teaser video when he wore the Yeezy 2 on a concert performance and they're flashing like cameras flashing. So you can you have to pause it just right. And if you pause it just right, you can see the Yeezy 2 before like the official pictures came out of it you know and then the concert to that and then you know niggas in paris it's just and and this is when he's with kim Mm -hmm. but he's not fully a kardashian yet right like this is the apex of what kanye is like this is him guiding pop culture and rap music in a lot of ways the fashion of it you know the fashion of what what luxury rap did whether good or bad it phased out what streetwear actually was and it brought in like people chasing like the bigger labels like uh balenciaga and then you know off-white becoming a thing pyrex um you know, Virgil blowing up off of that, but then you had Don C kind of on a peripheral. Mm-hmm. Um, you sure had, did. You had um, 
you had and then the son of that ASAP Rocky who was coming out at the time you know they were pushing like their brands as far as what they wanted for streetwear and the idea of you remember like LRG and Artful Dodger and all those streetwear brands that we used to wear that were fly and that were affordably priced right now no we're, we're wearing leather pants now <laughs> like it's like it's so crazy bro and and it's like and Jay brought into it so that obviously meant that like there was a level of validity to older men now buying into it and I mean that was it's it's sad in a lot of ways that was the death knell of what you know streetwear actually was yeah and, and but that but that's what the power of kanye was at that time like that's the power of you know what he could make pop and what he could not like i remember even the shirts that they sold on tour selling for like mad money mad and, money you know it's i just think that at that time you know we we were alive during the michael jackson era uh, we weren't alive during the Beatles era, you know. I think that's the, I think that's the closest to what Michael Jackson was in America, at least. Obviously, globally, Michael Jackson is just phenomenon. But yeah, what Kanye was at that point, um, you know, coming a couple of years after you know Mike passed, you know, I think that's the closest to what we'll see what a superstar can do, just in multiple avenues. Yeah, and just solely killing shit um do you now like i said though i think it's apex final for him but not necessarily jay though but what do you do you think that where do you hold wash your throne in kanye's discography and where do you think this moment of time where his career puts him at okay jack this is a we should do this again sometime podcast ad take one in a world where laughter was king. No in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of podcast. In a land that... No in a land either. In a time... No, I don't think so. In a land before time. Jack, this is a cartoon movie, and we may get to it if you use that. Uh, can you say We Should Do This Again Sometime is hosted by Kat Chinetti and V. Mark Rob, please? One man. No. When your life is no longer your own. What, what does that mean? When everything you know is wrong. Okay, bro, that's enough. We should do this again sometime with Kat and Mark coming to a podcast app near you. Someone get this guy out the booth, please. No, I like it in here. 2010 and 2011 is obviously, in my opinion, Apex, Kanye's apex. There, there was no other time where he was operating at such a high level with the music he's putting out and the rhymes he's putting out and the feelings he invoked out of out of you by his music. So I, I definitely feel like this is part of his apex. I don't feel like it's in like one of his top albums. It's up there. It's top five. But um, it, it's really hard to, to put 04 Yeezy against 11 or 10 Yeezy or 07 Kanye, which is really when when graduation happened, it's kind of when he even went to a higher level than we thought he could even do. Um, yeah. It's hard to even put 07 Kanye, who beat Wayne on the track, to against 2011 Kanye, who literally was inviting legends to Hawaii to to record four bars and then being like, all right, cool, appreciate it. And then taking that and then building, and not only that, but 
having 16 people sing the hook on uh, all the lights just to get Drake off the song. So <laughs> let's let's not forget about that either. Uh, so it, there's no beating this this version of Kanye West. And and honestly, up until I'd even I'm one of those people who think that Jesus was great. So I'd even say 2010 to 2013 Kanye is my is apex mountain for Kanye. And then it kind of started backpedaling from there, and then he's he's since fallen off the the mountain. You think you think Jesus is great? I love Jesus. I love Jesus. That is a take. It's a take, but I I loved it from the first time I heard that album. And and I know it's weird. I know sonically it's different from everything else he did, other than the very last joint, um, which Bound to, which is an incredible uh, addition to the discography and Blood on the Leaves. But I I yeah. really like the whole world building that he did with Jesus. Like I I can go visit Jesus World, which I haven't done still. I haven't listened to Jesus in years, even when I was going back to discography last year. Um, I I still always enjoy going to that world because I never considered it more than that. Like I kind of saw it as his vision for this one project and you either buy in or you don't. And a lot of people didn't, but I did. Um, yeah, I would, I would still, I think just because the, the polarization of what that was, I think that's why they, the, the mountain is starting to decline there. Mm-hmm. And you know, and 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 honestly, like that's the first album that really people were kind of polarized on. Because I, I mean, eight oh eight's a heartbreak. I think, I think in a lot of ways there were people that were kind of put off by it. And then oh, obviously yeah. the incident with you know um, Taylor Swift happened, and you know, like people in middle America now they think Kanye West is a dickhead. I so hate you, Kanye like, West. Yeah, and so, and I think the rebound is so great with Beautiful Doctors of Fantasy, and then, you know, that album, and then, you know, the the comeback with the Good Fridays, and then Throne. Um, good Fridays. We need Good Fridays, man. Good Fridays was a time. Yeah, and so I think that just whole, that whole kind of era was really, really great, man, and mm-hmm. And then he transitioned to, you know, when we had kind of uh, Cruel Summer, that era, where it's kind of like he's obviously in that mode of putting other people on it and the big collaboration aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily improving his status, but it's not declining. I think it's just keeping it on the level. And then when Jesus dropped and it being just so so left field that it's kind of like a lot of people and, and for me especially like yeah there was a couple of good songs on it but then the majority of it was just i think rick rubin did not help that album i think i think he tried to get it on track as possible but um i don't think that co- collaboration worked and then life of pablo like came three years later and then the touring, and then yeah. like the him being a full blown Kardashian, and you know everything else just in the gutter after that. Yeah, um, so. straight gutter balls. Yeah, I can see that. But my top five Kanye would be Dropout, uh, 808s, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, 
Um, that would be three graduation. And then I would probably say watch the throne um, after that. So it, it's definitely top five. I'd say drop out fantasy graduation. I always forget how late registration, how good late registration is until I listen to it. It's amazing. I think I would take the way throne is now and the sequencing of it. I would, I would probably take late registration over throne. Okay. Um, and then after that, I do 808s, then Life of Pablo, and then Jesus. And I'm not listening to anything either about the Life of Pablo. Yeah. So. I haven't listened to Yay Kids See Ghost or Jesus is King. Um, and 808s just hit me at such a, a dark time in my life, man. It was just the perfect soundtrack. So that's why I hold it in such high regard. Oh, no. Um, I shout to emo kids around the world. But yeah, <laughs> man. That, like, I, there's, Oh my God! You know it's I miss Kanye, but I I don't know when I'll listen to Kanye. But Streetlights, like any lonely kid, used to knock Streetlights into the fucking stratosphere, man. Streetlights was so fucking rich and it was warm, and it, it used, like listening to Streetlights would hug you. Yes, like, let me know. Like, yeah, man. Oh my God, bro! Do Fuck I still thing, need time to grow? Oh, things don't always sit and oh, don't get me started. Let me know. Let me know. Oh, beautiful. Bro. Um, I always consider late re- registration the older brother of college dropout. So I almost feel like saying dropout kind of puts registration on its level, even though. Dropout is clearly the the winner between the two, so it's it's really hard for me to rank that one always. Um, and then the the predecessor I feel like to Streetlights on Graduation was I Wonder, because I Wonder was love my I jam. Wonder, yeah, yeah, I love I Wonder. Absolutely, was in infatuated lo- with that song in in '07. That that was definitely um, something I'd always go to when I was up late at night and contemplating life. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did many things for us, man. Uh, he hadn't helped yeah. us lately, but he, he's done many great things for us. So <laughs> we move on to Jay, which I think will transition us to uh, Kingdom Come. So you said you don't feel like this is Jay's apex on Watch the Throne. Because. And I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I just wanted to see what, what your reasons I... are. I think Throne helps Kanye more than it does Jay. Mm-hmm. Like, even though Jay is on this, I mean, and you can make the argument kind of the same way that Drake rides waves. Like, I think Jay Z contributes a lot to this album, but Jay Z don't got no Nikes that I want to buy, bro. He don't got no shirts that I want to buy, bro. Like, <laughs> like he don't got music videos I want to watch, bro. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. what Kanye does, even though, like I said, it's not even close who the better rapper is, but this album wants you to incorporate so much more than just that. So you can't just count that. And that can't be just the most important thing. So I don't, I wouldn't argue that it's Apex J because even though he does and to be very honest him getting with this and also with Beyonce as his wife and the collaboration and the tour with Justin Timberlake it does get him into that pop space to where 
him being a part of NFL is not such a weird thing. But at the same time, like, you know, in a lot of ways, he, he's hitching his wagon to somebody else's star. And whether it's good or bad, that's 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 what it kind of comes across as, especially a decade later, looking at how everything played out and then looking kind of where he is now. Um, I think for me, if we're talking so Apex J, I think it's 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 really hard to kind of talk about Apex J because I it's like in a lot of ways the more successful he was and a more kind of he wanted to make those pop records. Mm-hmm. Like I, I still think Reasonable Doubt is his best album, but I would then say that Blueprint, the OG Blueprint, is the second best album. I would still say that. Yeah. And Black Album was really special. Blueprint too, even though it was overwrought, it had some good music to that. Yes. The come, the comeback with American Gangster and Blueprint Three, and then Throne, that was a good kind of comeback. I think, though, I would argue that 2001 was probably Apex J. Um, and this is coming out of Resident Pieces DMX. This is him emerging from the shadow of DMX. Um, this is him emerging know, from the shadow off. of Biggie. Yeah. And then this is him challenging Nas, you know, with a rapper who got way more respect, even though he didn't get accolades he got more respect as a kind of a lyricist than what Jay did. But then you have in 2000, you got Dynasty, you got Blueprint in 2001, Unplugged in 2001, mm-hmm. and then, the, mm-hmm. then the emergence of The Rock and him really trying to, to stake his claim as one of the best in the game. And DMX is right there, um, but this is his legitimate shot at that claim. Um, so I think 2001 is, is probably Apex J. Okay. Uh, my J Apex, it, 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 uh, involves a year that you just named 2001 to 2003 is Apex J. Um, he came, he came in in 96, killing everything, but you will find no finer bars in Jay-Z's entire catalog than the ones that he spit from the time that 2001 opened. Um, on anything that he was happened to be on, he dropped blueprint, he dropped unplugged. You go into 2002, gurus for some reason convinced this mm-hmm. motherfucker to record a double album, and he did it. And he made about half of a good, he made one good disc in there, and uh, he dropped that. But then after blueprint two comes out, and people are like, oh, blueprint two is not that great, it's not the same as blueprint, blueprint was class, this is okay, and everything. If you listen to anything he was on which would be like beware the boys came out he did s dot carter collection he, he did that mixtape when he's rapping over yeah. b2k and rapping over um rockstar and taking pump it up back from joe budden give me that beat fool it's a full-time jack move don't worry skate i'll give it back soon just have a little fun sup my nigga and then joe's like oh i'm gonna get my beat back I'm like no you ain't joe no, you ain't Joe. Um, he just had um, so many big. He was just all over the radio. Fronten came out in two thousand and three. Crazy in Love yeah. came out in two thousand and three, and all of that just. Uh, he did that. Um, oh yeah, remix with Dead Prez. He killed that. Um, I remember Double XL talking about that. Um, he was on. He killed Welcome to New York City two thousand and two. 
uh, on Bleak's album Made after he did him dirty and on Understanding in 2000 and came back on Made and gave him like three solid verses on Made, which are all incredible. Um, once again, it's on leaked in 2003 that was on Seagull's 2004 album there's just so much jay to go around and it's all great Pujabi mc and Pujabi mc yeah but where the boys um bad boys 2 soundtrack like la 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 that joint still goes either though even though he has a couple homophobic lines in there um which i noticed last time i listened to it i was like damn ho you didn't have to say it like that <laughs> um but every even when he dropped change clothes and people were like oh this is change clothes when Change Clothes was going out the radio on hiphopgame.com was the first time I heard um, uh, What More Can I Say? And I was like, oh my God, yo, this is fucking nuts. And you got the Black Album and it was the perfect ending and the, the concert and then he left. And literally 0103, there's no better version of that, of uh, yeah. that, that which is uh, Sean Corey Carter. Yeah, I would I would say that extend out to that because even the the uh, DJ Clue freestyle, all this bullshit can make the mind worry. But my theory is the sun shines clearly and sun will shine clearly. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, he had the Hobie Baby remix out there that was was yep. dope. He did the DJ Envy album and he had a track called Hova in there and that was nasty. It was like Hova, and he just. Mur- murdered it like literally it was like knocking dominoes down for for jay so if there was ever a peak of any mc that i wish to be uh, it would it would be that um yeah god like you want to talk about r- top ramen that that's it right there for me boy <laughs> yeah man so i would agree for that so in the in the space of jay's album so where do we rank watch the throne um it's top 10 is it top 10 shit hold on hold on let me get the discography up here podcast 101 i just looked at yay's um let's see let's see how many albums i would put in front of it so one I mean, there's some we can just kind of knock out. Like, we're definitely putting blueprint. We're definitely putting reasonable doubt. Um, those, at least those two. It's it's um, top ten. It's top ten. I, I'm comfortable with saying it's top ten. <laughs> yeah, blueprint uh, and reasonable definitely go ahead of it. Um, Black album goes ahead of it. Uh, 444 goes ahead of it for me. Oof. I still love 444. Have you wavered since since? In the four um, years it's since it dropped. Um, I mean, my the thing I wrote for it, I wrote is probably the best J album. Uh, it's not, but <laughs> um, but I think I think for the content of it, I do think it's his most impressive album. What he, everything he's trying to pull off, and mm-hmm. what he does succeed at, yeah, I think is his most ambitious album. So I would say in that respect, yeah, I would say uh, these years later, I would say it's probably. I would take reasonable and I would take blueprint over it. I may take American Gangster over it, so it may be four. Um not before American Gangster. It's it's top three for me. So it's definitely reasonable blueprint and then four forty four. And then and then probably black album for me over um American Gangster. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Um 
And American Gangster is damn near a perfect album. And yes, I, I've come to terms with Hello Brooklyn being a, a decent enough song, but that's a hell of a blemish. It's a hell of a blemish, man. Oh, damn. I'm so Reasonable Doubt versus Throne Doubt in my lifetime, volume one, which I love. I'm actually, I'm probably going to take Throne over that. I'm going to take um, Lifetime I, over that, though. Oh, shit. I love Lifetime, man. Like, there's so much good stuff on here. And he gets, like, the worst song on this whole album is um, I Know What Girls Like. And City Is Mine is kind of suspect, but I mean, it was the no, time City's and the era. cool. Yeah. City Mine's cool. I've always liked it. I'm a sunshine apologist. I know it's trash. Um, yeah, that song's bad. I mean, Face Off is kind of is kind of it sounds like early volume two um but i mean you must love me's on this record man i mean imaginary players streets is watching uh lucky me that all these are on this record man and i'm taking lifetime volume one over uh watch the throne what about hard knock life hard knock uh watch the throne over hard knock life uh life and times life and times is my first hove album but i'm going watch the throne dynasty It's Watch the Throne. Uh, as much as I talked about Love and Dynasty, it's Watch the Throne. Blueprint 2. Watch the Throne. Uh, even Blueprint 2.1, you can throw that in there. Watch the Throne. <laughs> uh, we don't count that, but I know you say you take Black Album. Uh, I can safely say we're both taking Throne over at Kingdom Come. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're taking American Gangster. Mm-hmm. Um, BP3. Uh, Watch the Throne. There you go. Uh, Magna Carta. Watch the Throne. And then 444. Uh, 444. Okay, so one, two, three. You're, so Throne for you is like six. Okay. Number six. I said it was top ten. That sounds right. That sounds right. So... Okay. All right. Now, uh, <laughs> uh, let's wrap this bad boy. <laughs> Anything you want, girl. Like, cheer, 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 cheer. I was the, you know, the funny shit is, I was the only, like, it was like me and, and shout out to my nigga Dave. I think shout Dave, Dave liked this man. song. I like um, the song. I like the song for a good. Uh, 18 months after it came out, I was fucking with this show. I was like, yo, this show, anything you want, girl. I still hey, love hey, this hey. song, bro. Like, I was, it's so funny. This song and then AO Technology not blowing up to be mega popular has always baffled me. More so AO Technology because you had 50, Justin, and Tim. And, AO, um, AO Technology was such a good record. Such a good record. I'm, I'm super surprised that was not like the, the number one song in the world. He missed like with so many so records on Curtis, man. And Curtis had some jams on it, man, for real. And he, he got like uh, six singles to... to get something to go off. And it never really materialized for him. Do you remember I, when, I get money? Do you remember when Elements for like I guess it was like a month or two, they had like a video projector and they played videos and they yes. played Disco Inferno? Yes. The uncut <laughs> Disco Inferno? Yes. I mean, why yes. would you not play that one? Yo, that yes. shit was so <laughs> why did videos in the club that shit was kind of flip? <laughs> Yo. 
Why did they stop doing that? That shit was kind of tight for a minute, though. That shit well, was live. My man Cortez will say they don't want to pay the DJs who have the video mixers. It's a problem because he has one. But uh, Morgantown's oh. always had a problem with wanting cheap DJs over talented ones. So well, the yeah. ones who had the video mixers uh, normally would not DJ for $50 a night. And that, that's why we had less video mixing in the clubs. Damn, yo. Cause I, remember, I remember like just like, oh, shit, they're, they're playing Disco Inferno and it's ringing out because that's a great song. And then yeah. The video is captivating. So. <laughs> oh, very, very captivating. Uh, but yeah, very. So we we have to pivot from the awesomeness of Disco Inferno to Kingdom Come. <laughs> so, so if anything's your guilty pleasure, because I'll be honest with you, Marcus. Like, um, I was listening to anything yesterday, and I was still like, you know, I kind of fuck with anything, even though that song's still hard, yo. Anything you want, girl. girl. And it's got the Pharrell that doom, 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 doom. Thank you, Walker. And us just going for it, man. Um, When they, Jay Z had some concert that he recorded, and Pharrell sung the hook, and the crowd had no response. And I was so saddened by that. Oh, man. I was so saddened. Like, I wasn't. Like, if I was in the crowd, I would have went ape shit hole. So, oh man, but, now you, know, you you love anything. Um, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, Hollywood was the best Jay Z Beyonce record up until part two for until part two came out. Honestly, that's killing. That's all kind of gross. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm 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 being I'm being a bit facetious. I think. In the moment, we talked about Throne contextually, so we should give some context to Kingdom Come. We should. When Kingdom Come came out... 2006. I remember remember being very excited for the album. I remember having my dad take me to some music store, actually buy a physical copy, even though I was well into bootlegging music by then. Right. Um, I still remember the, the red cover that you took off, and it was underneath it revealed lyrics to some of the songs and yep. a different jay-z picture on the album cover very cool packaging yeah the packaging was a plus i have no clue where that album is now it's somewhere i got somewhere mine from the den storage. i got this oh, from the den and i got a um graduation from the den shout out to the den shout out to the den um and in the moment i it's so funny so in the moment i I kind of feel the same way that I feel listening to it today. I listened to it last week when I was driving and the the lows for some reason were hitting me like really, really hard. But stepping back, it's not that they're necessarily bad songs. It's just kind of like unnecessary songs <laughs> so therefore listening to it makes them bad <laughs> like they're not like the lyrics aren't technically bad the production is not technically bad but after yo after do you want to ride which i i legitimately think do you want to ride is one of my favorite jay-z songs i'll say that flat out one like, of the best records on the album i agree with that yes like john like what he did on that song john legend singing the hook like the beats that the drums that kanye produced on it Mm -hmm. i i literally i it's i don't know if it's one of the best jay songs i know it's one of my favorite jay songs ever and so i still remember even when um 
Kingdom Come leaked and that shit was fire. Like the the funny thing is like from the prelude up into Do You Wanna Ride, even Show Me What You Got is kind of like popish. I still think that first section of the album is super top heavy. Like I think those songs are all good. Like I love the the comic book thing he was trying to do. Um Lost Ones and it's funny Lost Ones was a fucking single yeah like and he's airing out all this dirty laundry and so <laughs> I think the, I think that part of it is top heavy then after after Do You Want to Ride is where it gets a little bit funky because like even 30 something that song is not necessarily bad it's just the hook is terrible like 30 is not the new 20 it's 30 <laughs> like like come on and he was like 39 basically <laughs> right right he was literally three years away from 40 when he made this album it's yeah. so it's like it's like the the hook is the hook is shit but the dre production is good and the song itself is not too bad and like even that like i made it like mama i made it that song like that song it's not technically bad, but that's like an outro song. Like that's that should be on the mi- Khalil yeah, it that is. Shit. It is like it, the, the song isn't technically bad, but that's not a song you put on the middle of your album. Like that's a song you, you put as your outro, right? And so the placement of that is just kind of weird. I love anything, but then as soon as anything is over, it's just like a level of mediocrity that it gets real dark for a while it is it gets really bad for a while like holly i, I didn't like hollywood man hollywood i enjoyed was... hollywood i thought it was better than um whatever the single was off of b-day that they had together um oh well i mean they, drunk in love is the apex well yeah outside yeah, of was, their album i was thinking that yesterday i was like i gotta tell marcus that drunk in love is is their best song yes yeah out, outside of the album which i actually the funny thing is we gave them shit for making so much bad music over the years that the album came and was dismissed when that album was actually fairly solid. It was a good album. Um, yes. And we didn't we didn't even rank that album against Throne, but we're taking Throne over that. So yes. um, and so it's kind of like so we dig a hole, it's just fucking terrible. Man. Terrible trouble is terrible. They're just bad songs. Like, like <laughs> if my hands in the cookie jar, I'ma take the cookie and not leave my ring. Like, bro. And then, then to think about it, Jay Z now, a Jay Z who we all know cheated on Beyonce. Uh, bro, you almost lost your ring, and yeah. uh, you you definitely uh got caught putting your hand in the cookie jar. So yeah. has not aged well, my dude, my guy. And. My, I mean, he tried to get kind of full deep on Minority Report. You know, all right, beat shared, all right, but that whole back album it's it's like the it's like the bodybuilder who who works on nothing but his pecs and nothing but his, his arms, and he has total chicken legs. Like the back album of this of Kingdom Come is total chicken legs, man. Oh man, okay. I I I agree with you. So so let me let me run down my my version of this and i'm going to go ahead and talk and talk about the most annoying thing about this album he never did it again on any other albums not not like he did here eminem has his accent album on uh rel- on a uh, uh well, not it was relapse right Who yeah re- relapse that? relapse was the uh the accent album this is jay's whisper flow album so the entire album 
Hove is like, show me what you got, baby. Show me what you got. A baby. lot of rough hooks on this album, bro. It was a lot of rough hooks. And I that's know. why that's why I love Usher and I love John Legend so much. <laughs> King of New York, New York. Not only him, YC, I'm hip hop savior. So after this flow, you might owe me a favor with Kingdom Come. Or, or how about this? Mama, I made it better. And then. Yeah, yeah. And the the he whole to do a lot with the hooks. album, like even the prelude with that just play sound, and it's like, oh man, this is giving me Hovey baby vibes. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. and it's like, here comes up, oh my god, ho, here comes Hove on the track. This isn't the right buzz, but I just want you to know how he was rapping on every single track. Then I go back and I'm president now. Def Jam, Dame's a bitch. Myth Blake is still my homie now. Um. And I can't freestyle. You just heard evidence of it. But why did he choose on the comeback album after three years to remove all bass from his voice other than moments of show me what you got and beach chair? He's sitting there dissing Dipset on Dig a Hole and he doesn't even have the audacity to put even a little bass in his voice. I mean, he doesn't really have much bass. I don't I I wouldn't describe him as like a a deep voice strapper, honestly. Right. But like, I, the, the you I, know what I mean. Jay when Jay rap I mean just him doing shitty hooks. Like him him doing shitty hooks. Like this is a shitty hook album. And then he just carried the shitty hooks into every single verse and was like, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use my speaking voice or my Jay Z voice. Like if you look at night I got ninety nine problems. It's like coming from a of you know putting some move behind it he didn't get on there i was like if you're having girl problems i feel bad for you son i got 99 pro i got the rap patrol on her cat patrol he didn't do it like that there was some oof behind it it was like literally like he was not trying to strain his vocal cords like he had a polyp or something this entire album i mean that's <laughs> <laughs> that's your take <laughs> i just i just I can't be the just... only one who hears it I think you are. I think you're just dancing around. He he just made shitty hooks like that. Like that's like if we, if you boil it down, like that's what it is. Like it's like you're saying like yeah, like he his voice is elevated in, in the sense that he just sounds kind of weird. But it just comes down to him making shitty hooks. Like that's like that's the long and short. The of hooks it, the hooks are shitty, but then it's it literally carries to the verses. You you have to listen. To, when we get done, maybe listen to one one song and see if you hear it. Maybe I'm crazy, but he literally whisper yeah, flows the entire. <laughs> I'm not crazy, the entire album, and I don't understand why. <sighs> okay, so now that's out the way. Um, I agree with you on the beginning being the best part. Um, Kingdom Come, great beat. Just Blaze is doing some incredible production. Um, it holds up until Do You Want to Ride? It falls off really hard at thirty something for me. Anything I did enjoy. I'm a Hollywood apologist, like we saw. Trouble, dig a hole is bad. Minority Report, you get one whole verse, and I know what he's trying to do there, but it doesn't really hit like he wants it to. You don't like Beach Chair, though? I mean, it's, it's these, like... You don't like Beach Chair? Hitting every wave like I'm Hawaiian? Okay, ho. All right. Okay. I didn't this say every bar was golden, but the the... The message behind that and the hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You just complain about his terrible voice, and he does that on that song, bro. 
the the lyrics finally outweigh the angel. voice on that for me. I I, I know he does it on that song. I can hear Angel singing to me. <laughs> <laughs> that yo uh, he's it, it's okay because that's like the intro of the song though. Life is but a dream to me. I don't want to wake up thirty odd years without having my cake up. You you know you fucked up, Kellen, right? You know you fucked up, right? I don't care. Beach Beach Chair is my favorite song off Kingdom Come. I listened to it no, three times. No, no. I listened way. to this song three times in a row last night. No way. Beach Chair is my favorite song off of this album. Ooh, that's the hottest thing of the night there, boy. You know it. Yeah, here. Even, even for you, like step inside the booth, like oh my step inside the booth, Superman's alive. Like he like damn. Kingdom Comes is close second. But Beach Chair is my favorite song. See, I got demons in my past, so I got daughters on my way. If the prophecies are correct, then the child should have to pay for the sins of the father. So I barter my tomorrows against my yesterdays in hopes that she'll be okay. And when I'm no longer here to shade a face from the glare, I'll give up my share of Carol's daughter and a shiny new beach chair. Come on. Come on. Like, it's not bad. It's just, you know, maybe, you know, maybe what it is. I never listened to Beach Chair as an individual song. I've only listened to it coming off of Minority Report. Which is a rough, and, t- rough, rough ride. I agree. I yeah, agree and with so, that. yes. And so by that time, I'm just ready to. You're you know, ready for it to be over. I'm ready to clock out the shift at that point. Like, <laughs> so, you know, he could have, he could have been like, spinning all the bars. I'm, I just may have missed it. So. I'll I'll, I'll 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 listen to I'll listen to Beach Share just by itself, but that was you know that song like sounds like a Lupe Fiasco beat to be honest, which is not it's not a bad thing. I I re-listened to Food and Liquor and Food and Liquor is definitely a classic, but fuck Lupe. Um, <laughs> so why are we fucking Lupe? I mean, he was he's, uh, I I don't got time. Egomaniac leftist, yeah. I, Egomaniac, super leftist man. I don't, I don't got time for all that, man. But um, okay, fair enough. We don't gotta get into it. I just want to know why, real quick. That was good enough. Yeah, but um, so in in the funny thing is, in the moment, again contextually, Blueprint Three was an album that was really praised. But if you compare Blueprint Three to Kingdom Come. It Kingdom Come really is a predecessor to what everything that Jay is rapping about on Blueprint Three, like the the idea of uh, black progression um, and achieving. Like he maximizes that on Blueprint Three, but yeah. a lot of that has roots in this album. And yeah. also contextually, it's like even it's so funny. He has a song called "Mama I Made It" where he's celebrating all of his achievements, but the end of the album is directly a song about people who black people who are disproportionately affected by hurricane Katrina in the, in, in the beginnings of the financial crash that's around the corner. Right. So you like his fans, you can't listen to that song and relate to it. Like you just can't, like you can't listen to that song and be like, well, you know what? Like this, you know, seven twenty-five hour job I got, I made it as well, Hove. Like <laughs> you, can't re- you can't really do that. And so, I think the relatability of this album at the time, like it just wasn't really there. And so, you know, with him having Minority Report, 
and Lil Wayne having like Georgia Bush at that time, like rappers actually kind of talking about those sorts of like political issues, especially with Bush, like it was it was welcome. It was it was a good feeling to to hear them make these type of songs. Oh yeah, I think I think the idea of them making the songs actually well in Jay's case specifically. The idea of him making that song is better than the song itself. Yeah. Um, but I think Blueprint 3 was really the progression of everything that Kingdom Come was trying to do. But, I mean, the thing is, Blueprint 3 was three years later. And so it kind of took that long for either the audience to catch up or for Jay to make adequate enough music for us to to feel it then. Yeah. Uh, one thought that came to me yesterday while I was listening to this album and I hate that we're trashing it on its uh, 15th anniversary, but it kind of deserves it. Um, every song on Kingdom Come, Jay has made better on other albums somehow, I feel like. Uh, I mean, you think about even his his attempt at making like the poppy dance song, like, yeah, he's done that better in the past and in the future. Yeah. Um, him trying to make deep records, uh, he's he's done that better. Um, like I said, like I said, do you want to ride is one of my favorite Jay songs, but at the same time, like, you know, even for, I mean, we, we just talked about the excellence. Uh, well, you talked about the excellence of volume one, but if we look at, you must love me. I mean, like that's like the storytelling that he does on that song is, you know, he, he doesn't, he only mimics that storytelling only a handful of times throughout the rest of his whole career. Yeah. So literally, you know, want to rise like a shout out to obviously you know his his manner was locked down but at the same time it's like you know he he is definitely not apex jay and it's definitely not um is that the best of what jay has brought like even the even the idea is so funny because i remember him talking to interviews about people hated show me what you got but like budweiser paid for the advertising for that yeah he did and yeah, the advertising of the album but isn't it's kind of like well he got in bed with this liquor company uh to to push a song that was kind of uh, obviously the 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 public enemy sample was dope and just blaze he did what he could for that that song which is actually it's a fun energetic song but jay rapping on it is not necessarily that impressive no. so it's kind of like you want a cookie because you you hustled a company to pay for the album like we don't give a shit about that like we just don't like and so it's kind of like and honestly that's the sort of first rumblings you can kind of see of what jay's disconnect is and yeah yes it's it's like it's it's rumblings it's not the whole picture that doesn't come i mean obviously that doesn't come until like after like 444 or whatever until where we're in now but it's like you know i think that jay's jay overshot you know, he overshot what he wanted to achieve and he missed the mark. And then three years later, the mark got hit with Blueprint 3. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's exactly what happened. Um, so, if we were able to wipe away Kingdom Come, does it hurt Jay-Z's catalog or does it, uh, or do you feel like we need a Kingdom Come to get to American Gangster and Blueprint 3 and Watch the Throne and the albums that came after that? Was oh, no, don't come from, necessary. Oh no! If we go from bloop, if we go from black album to American Gangster, like pff, that's a comeback album for your fucking ass, bro. Like, <laughs> no, like no, I I love Do You Want to Ride, but 
it, like if we never got do you want to ride or if we got anything like actually you know the funny thing is i think for, for me anything i think it's probably the most fun i've had with a j song and i think that's why i love it so much because it, it's all cotton candy it's it's like it, 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 they didn't even play it in clubs like that really so you didn't even really right see girls even dancing to it or whatever you didn't really dance the girls to the song or whatever but it's like a cotton candy song you know it, it it looks good it's sweet but then you have to keep playing it to get that emotion back but if we wipe away this album and go from black album and then american gangster is like the reintroduction to jay like no like like that's especially with you know that having you know uh, Black Republican was not that good of a song. I can admit all these years later. No. Having success on that album, success was fucking dope. Like success was a great is the best Nas and Jay-Z song. Yes. Yeah. And and like I said, I for me, I think American Gangster is my number three favorite Jay album. So if we go from Black Album, which was a great album in itself, and then you go from an album that is the third best Jay album all those years off, like that would have been like even more impressive. Uh, yeah, that you're right. I mean, I rarely visit Kingdom Come unless I have to. <laughs> yeah, and like, e- even if it's on some rant, on some shuffle shit, and then one of these songs comes on, I'm more than likely skipping it unless it's it's not gonna be Beast Year that comes on shuffle. So I'm probably skipping it because Wayne did show me what you got better. Uh, Kingdom Come, I might play. Do you want to ride? Again, it might not come up on shuffle. 30 something I'm skipping it, it's it's was necessary to get him back in the door I can see that point it's almost and like you said come back like Jordan we're in the four or five like literally this is his four or five album and then he kind of he definitely came back after uh, game one of the 1995 Eastern Conference Finals gets some magic and put on game put on number 23 and got fined by the league for American Gangster so uh yeah the metaphor Eh, well, it is what it is, man. I mean, it is what it is. Am I wrong on that? Uh, not necessarily. Um, exactly. I do think you're right as far as comparing this to the 45 J, where I'm sorry, because the 45 Mike to where, yeah, like he he dropped, you know, 55 is 45, which was do do you want to ride? But you know, when he when Beat he went against or. No, I don't think so. I, I think that was him getting that was him getting fucked up by the magic in the playoffs. Damn. Um, Damn. Uh, but I so even do you want to ride? Like I I think the the last version do you want to ride? Like international hova. I thought I told you so. Forty four is out in Tokyo, Singapore. All there's some singing songs coming up though. Who thought singer raw could be the end all be all to being rich? Didn't we? Little than little did I know my, my more potent delivery, like all that shit, like him like just floating on that like last verse was just fucking crazy. But I mean that was a bright spot. Like in, in the album that literally could have been cut in half and been saved. Um and like I said, in the in the moment I thought it was a solid album, I thought it was a good album. I was happy that Jay was back making music. And I was too. But, but just like looking back at it, you know, in his discography, like it's I, I don't I don't care for Blueprint too. Like obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of good on Blueprint too. There's a lot of bad. Um mm-hmm. I would and yeah, I would say Blueprint 2 is probably bottom for me. And then just above that. Well I I haven't listened to volume three since it dropped, so I don't Damn. really 
I don't really just dis- well, I listen to like some songs every now and then, like obviously like Big Pimpin or whatever. Or, yeah. Like, There's been a murder. <clears throat> you should listen to that. Like Snoopy track, obviously. Coming but, Come and Get Me. Um, There's been a murder. Both of those are like great Jay-Z B side songs. Yeah. So I don't I don't disparage volume three because I haven't listened to it in forever. But right. I would say blueprint two is is the bottom for me. And then I would probably well. Mac and Carter, Horty Grail, like that's another album that just has problems with just too much music. Even though the album is only like 15 songs long or 16 songs long, it feels very you, long. If you, yeah, they could have cut out five songs in that album and that album would have been really, really good. But I think the songs kind of just bogged down. But I would put, I think I would put Mac and Carter, Holy Grail is probably. Would you? What would you pick? Kingdom Come or Holy Grail? Um, which, which would I take? Yes. Uh, yes holy, right. Holy Grail. Wait, 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 wait. No, wait, wait. Nope, 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 nope. It's Kingdom Come. It's Kingdom Come. I, I gotta have Kingdom Come over Holy Grail, even though I think Holy Grail would fit better on Watch Throne over uh, Oceans and uh, No Church, but. Yeah, I think I can admit. Yeah, I would. I would put that as second worst, and then I will put Kingdom Come as third worst. Jay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, we can agree on that. But I do want to say, um, I do want to say something good about this album because, of course, me being the the Hove number one fan that I am, uh, I was heartbroken and distraught by his retirement in two thousand and three. So, I was literally living for any guest verse that this man would do whether that would be 2005's um, Dear Summer or when he would pop up on Bun B remixes or the iconic Go Crazy remix with a gentleman named Young Jeezy who just got married. Congratulations, Jeezy. Uh, <laughs> your, your, your wife is very, very pretty. Um, just relax. Hey, <laughs> I'm just saying she's very pretty, man. Dang, dang. Um, like when when I kept hearing the rumors, I was reading all the blogs. I finally remember when Not Right came out. And do you remember when the post went up that it was when he was touring overseas and he put up like the J like the diamond and it had like Jay-Z on it. And then it said the release date of the album, which I believe if I'm going to believe Spotify, which I never should, it was November twenty-first. Um, and they put that date on there and then it was like, Oh, it's been announced that Jay's coming back, and then that's when he started really hitting the radio and stuff and then eventually we got our first taste with show me what you got i remember the day that album leaked kingdom come (laughs) i downloaded that bad boy i had some i had some drinks at home i was home by myself because angel was uh in class or something so it was just me me in brooklyn me and uh rest in peace to brooklyn and we sat there and listened to kingdom come and i was so happy that I was welling up with tears. Not it was not tears of joy, but I was just so happy that Jay Z was back, and I was a little drunk. Um, oh, and sorry. I, I really was pleased with the album, and I was pleased for several days, maybe even weeks, before the, I let the critical side of my brain start seeping in. <laughs> so, I, I do respect uh kingdom comes place in jay's discography it, it's not my favorite album i feel like there's lots of missteps on here but i feel like in order to get to everything that we've gotten since including watch the throne and 444 we needed to have a kingdom come jay needed to have a kingdom come 
And I am, for that reason, I am happy that it does exist. And it did have a moment with me when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, the con- the context of the era and the time of these of this music, and then reflecting on kind of what it means all these years later, I do think there's a lot of value in that. And I think the lesson from this album is, you know, obviously him getting back on his feet and then getting back into the habit of not only rapping but actually putting together cohesive music again. Uh, but then, like you said, like from that era after that, you know, um, the the Get Throw remix. Thought um, it was Get Throw, yeah. Um, him the the collaborations that he would do with Rick Ross. Um, oh yeah, you know, the Slim Thug. Was... Didn't he have a, a Slim the um, Change Clothes remix? He... The Slim Thug joint. I heard of that. Yeah. So he had. Um, that was dope. Yeah, he had the remix to that. So it's like. And so it's funny, like he was kind of doing the under three thousand of trying to appear on like the other the guest verse and then trying to make it hot or whatever. Um, but at the same time, you know, unlike Andre three thousand, you know, he was still trying to put out bodies of music. So I think you know the album has the bright spots are very bright, the the dim spots are very dim. But at the same time, you know, this is kind of the legacy of what I mean. Honestly, like musicians not even just rappers kind of have like they have musicians should be allowed to make music over long periods of time and then you can see the different changes and reflections of what that person is whether the music comes out good or bad like like this this album even though blueprint three is the cleaned up stefan or kel version of this album <laughs> that you, you had to have you had to have Urkel first. So this was his, this is his Urkel, but you know, the albums before this, they don't sound anything like Kingdom Come. So um, he had to go through the fryer to, uh, to kind of get this one out. But yeah, he did. Um, but again, Charles John Legend for the hook on Do You Want to Ride? So definitely the best hook on the album, probably. And he only says like, uh, no, he says like five words. And the best I know <laughs> some places we can go. Some places we can go. They, Spotify has effed up the whole volume three track list. And I don't know if Jigga, my nigga, and um, Girl's Best Friend is on, on here because they were the hidden bonus tracks. And like they have the original OG version of Is That Your Bitch? And they have anything on here, which should be on Siegel's album. So what the hell, Spotify? What the hell? Just I was just glancing at some album covers. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Um, I was looking at it. You said the track list for uh, Volume 3 is messed up? Yeah, for Volume 3 is all jacked up. Because they added some stuff, and I don't think the bonus tracks are on there, mm. which is trash. You know they do though for uh if you look at um wow it's I oh if you look at the blueprint uh collector's edition it has like the, the blueprint OG bonus tracks there. I so just noticed thing, that yeah, yeah, I did see that, which is cool. Um I, I was just thinking looking at this Kingdom Come album cover. Uh, would you say this is the worst album cover that Jay's ever done? Blueprint 3? No, that the Kingdom Come cover. Oh, 
I mean, it's just his his face in red. I mean, it's it's not shit, but it's not creative. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like John, shout out to Jonathan Manning again. He did a volume three cover, and I'm pretty sure that's him. Actually, isn't that him on volume one and volume two? I know he did volume three cover. He did reasonable. He did volume one, two, three, Dynasty, Blueprint. Um, Blueprint 2. He did all the covers, honestly. Uh, the only ones I'm not sure about is, well, Magna Carta's obviously artwork. Uh, I don't know about American Gangster, but I feel like he did that too. No, I don't think he did American Gangster. You don't think so? No. I mean, I would say probably the worst cover is probably Holy... Well, I mean, it's probably 444. It's just 444 in taupe, like, so it's <laughs> it's not creative. Like, it's not creative. Like, it's just it's just 444. Like, it's just a fucking timestamp. This is Jay-Z. It, it doesn't have his name. It's, no, it, this is his 13th studio album, and it's like, are they counting the R. Kelly albums? Are they counting Blueprint 2.1? I, I've I've they- counted this literally only. This doesn't include Watch the Throne. This only is his solo albums, and it includes Streets is Watching, too. So and it does it doesn't count the fucking Lincoln Park, and they they made that music from scratch. So that's technically a studio album. They don't count the Lincoln Park in they this did, little thirteen. The, it's his thirteenth solo album, is what it says. So reasonable so, volume one, volume two, volume three, volume or sorry, Dynasty. Blueprint, uh, Blueprint two, Blueprint um three. Actually went out of order. Black album, Kingdom Come. So we're up to ten. American Gangsters eleven. Um, Magna Carta's twelve. Four forty four is thirteen. So they don't even count Streets as watching. Actually, I mean these these motherfuckers. <laughs> they, they can't even. Like, he can't even count right. That, that's how you know it's his worst album cover. You don't even get the numbers right, bro. Like, <laughs> like get out of here. Get out of here, Mister Four Four Four, man. Like, Streets is watching is available on Spotify though, so they they do have that right. Murdergram, great song. What's a better song? It's murder, but I do love Murdergram as well. I love in your. I've always loved in your lifetime remix. I've always loved that. Uh, I was just talking about the DMX of it all, but in my lifetime remix, oh my god. I've tried to rap over that beat and I can't do it because I love the beat too much. It's such a great song. What's the meaning? What's the meaning of life in my lifetime? Are you serious, bro? Hell yeah. Only a customer's on here too, and that's another jam. That's another so, jam. I guess the dismount is something uh, completely off these two albums. Who had the who had the best verse on what we what we do? Who had the ver- best verse on what we do? Yeah. On, off of on freeway, you mean? That song, yeah. Okay. Uh shit. Come on, Kellen. This is very easy. This is very easy, Kellen. Come on now. There's no wrong answers, to be completely honest with you. No, there, there is a wrong answer. So there's only one verse to pick. The best verse on the on the song, Kellen. Come on now. <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, my gut says hope. Oh no. Oh, you're gonna say freeze. No, oh, it's beans. Not, you don't like freeze verse? Free has the worst verse on there? 
No, Jay has the worst verse on there. Why does Jay have the worst verse on there? Because Beans and Freeway also rapped in that song. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I wasn't even thinking it was Beans. I was going to say Free, and then I pivoted to Jay last second because I panicked. So Beans has the best verse on what we do. Of course, yes. Listeners, you, you rate subscribe five stars and you put in the comments who have the best verse on what we do you do that but it's literally one of the greatest hip-hop singles of all time that it we is need, we really need to start respecting as such but i mean same over different fathers any problems dog no i got them still we ground from the bottom just to make it from the bottom so cracking alleyway come on man like it's it's, it's like, come on, come on, Kelly. I, I I don't think there's any wrong answers though. That's that's my that's my opinion. So honest, my my honest answer would have been free. I panicked and went Jay, but Siegel brought it too. So there's no wrong answers to this question. That's that's my answer. Which free verse do you like? Uh, the best, the first one. Okay. It, it sets the song off properly, very well. Um, I actually wrote about that song. I don't I don't know if I have it available. But I, when I, I did this thing a couple of years ago where I did like 31 song, 31 days of music in December, and I definitely wrote about what we do. And um, I praised all three MCs for just bringing it and killing it because they all did a great job, I thought. But I can see where Jay has the weakest verse because Jay only had like eight bars and then he got out. Well, no, I mean, like even just say the weakest verse, it, it every verse is an A verse. Right, it's just Beanie. Beanie is the head of this class in this one. <laughs> like, I mean, and you even brought it up. Uh, it's on like that's it. I think that's probably the best rock collab song between rock artists. I don't, I don't, I, I, well, <sighs> that's a tough one. I mean, Rock the Mike probably has something to say about that. Um, no, I, I, I would still take it song over Rock the Mic and Rock the Mic is obviously Rock the Mic is a classic single, but I'm, I'm taking it song like and because I or go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say like it that was just I feel like it was a song that I wasn't expecting it to be that great. I thought it would be okay, like when I first listened to this song, like it totally blew my mind. I think Cameron's uh Rock Posse cut. The Rock, Just Fire, would have something to say about that, too, which contains the best Memphis Bleak verse and one of Siegel's best verses. And Cameron came in batting cleanup and, and did his job well enough. Right. Just Fire is probably my favorite Rock collaboration, and Hove's not even on that shit. All right. All right. But, but what we do is definitely super dope as well. Can't knock it. And I can see your point for for Siegel, but there's no wrong answers. That that that's that's my answer. I should have just said that. Damn it! I'm gonna cut that out and just be like, yeah, that's what I said. Are you so do an outro. I yeah. mean, you didn't do an intro, really. Right, I didn't do an intro. I kind of got got to it in the middle. But uh, this has been the first part of our Jay Z anniversary spectacular. We talked about Kingdom Come, and we talked about Watch the Throne featuring or co-starring Kanye West. When we next return to talk about the other two albums, we will be discussing at length Reasonable Doubt, Jay's debut album from 1996 and the blueprint 
Jay's 2001 album that came out the same day The Towers fell um, in 2001. And we'll be talking about that iconic album. So look forward to that. And Marcus, do you have anything else that you that you wanted to say? I mean, you already dropped some serious words of wisdom already about X and everything else, but I, I don't I don't have anything else that I can what more can I say is how I'm gonna say <laughs> that's how I'm gonna end it. That's my dismount. That's the dismount right there. There you go. Chichia. Get vaccinated. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>